Well, howdy guys. Welcome to uh, Record Night for Real Men. Really honored to have all of you. The reason we're meeting, men are essential. I know right now in the culture, there's a big debate. What is essential? What is not essential? You are essential. You get the men, you win the war, you lose the men, you lose the war. We're honored to have you. We're glad to have you. And uh, I do a big, long talk on Sunday, do a little long talk uh, for real men. And then uh, we're going to give you guys some time to pray and hang out together if you are new. And if you are new, you are surrounded with incredibly great men. You found your tribe. You found your team. You found your guys. Amen? You're in the right place. All right, tonight what we're going to talk about is suffering, and I want you guys to think about it in terms of investment. How many of you guys are financial guys? You run the numbers, right? Investments return on investment. What we're going to talk about is how to take suffering and invest it to get maximum return on investment. Because right now the world is suffering. So let's just have this little conversation. Give me a few categories that people right now are suffering within and through. Depression, a lot of people are depressed. And if you're not depressed, you're not paying attention. Okay, what up? Finances, how many of you right now? Your 401k, it feels like a roller coaster after you eat a chili dog and you keep throwing up in your mouth, right? Looking at it, it's a little rough. Okay, so finances, emotional, what else? People are struggling with? Relationships, some of you have been home with your wife all year. <laughs> That's either really good or really bad, but it's really. It's really, okay? You like your girl, like, this is great. You're like, oh, I gotta go back to work, right? So uh, you're like, why'd you break into the company, Bob? We're closed. No, I just gotta go to work. I gotta go to work. I gotta go to work. Okay, so some, some of it's relational and some of it even now, it's the holidays. You can't fly to another state to go see relatives because turkeys have COVID and you'll get it. You know, and so we gotta stay away from joint turkeys. What else are people struggling with? Addiction, Addiction right now. A lot of people are defaulting back record addiction. People that were struggling with drugs or alcohol or some other form of addiction, when you're home, isolated, bad news, throw in an election, uh, nothing to do, and then they send free money to your house. You're like, I'm gonna get loaded. And so that's what a lot of people have done, right? And I'm not saying you should, but I'm saying you did and welcome, these guys will help you. But there, there is an increase in addiction, right? I mean, we're paying men not to work and then sending them money and wondering why they make bad decisions. The only reason a man makes a good decision is because he has to go to work. You take that away, he's gonna make a lot of bad addictive decisions. What else are guys struggling with? What's that? What's that? Oh, spiritually. You think I would have heard that. Um, <laughs> spiritually. So, some of you are like, okay, God, where are you? What are you saying? What do you want me to do? Where are we going? I'm dealing with, you know, dealing with anxiety and struggle and fear and isolation. So some of us, it's financial. Some of it's relational. Some of it's physical. Some of it's mental. Some of it's spiritual. Anything else we're struggling with? Biden. Biden. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. We'll just close in prayer right now. Uh, <laughs> And let me say this, it doesn't matter who you voted for, you're still not thinking 2021 is gonna be that great, amen? amen. It's, it's all looking a little rough. So here's what we're all gonna know. We're all gonna know that we're struggling, that we're suffering, that this is a rough season, amen? Let's be honest about a rough season. And then the question is, how, how do you invest it, not waste it? And how do you get a good return on investment? Because we can't control all the suffering and the struggle, but we can't control what we do and who we become through the suffering and the struggle. That's my big thesis and theme. So we're in Romans 5, just gonna hit a couple quick verses tonight. Three benefits of suffering in the spirit. The question is not, will you suffer? The question is how you suffer. Yeah. 
And right now, what is happening, we have global suffering, national suffering, local suffering, personal suffering. We have all kinds of suffering as we talked about. Economic, political, financial, medical, all of it is coalescing together. The question is, will you suffer in silence? Will you suffer alone or will you suffer in the spirit? And if you suffer in the spirit, the spirit of God will give you a tremendous return on investment for the suffering. Here's how he says it, Romans 5, three through five. Not only that, but we, what's the big word guys? Rejoice, Rejoice in our suffering. suffering. There's, that's different, amen? I mean, the Cardinals won when Hopkins pulled the ball out of the air in the end zone and I rejoiced because they won, but it would be hard to rejoice in the loss, amen? I guess if you're a Cardinals fan, you've learned how to do that in seasons past, but it's hard to rejoice in the loss, right? I, I grew up rooting for the Seattle Mariners. And I said, it was, like, it was like being in the French army. Like we don't wear the shirt, we don't have parades, we don't talk about it. You know, we, we, ne we never won anything. It was, there was nothing to rejoice in. Rejoicing oftentimes is in the victory after you've won the battle, not in the struggle during the battle. True? He says, rejoice in the suffering. Now, anybody can rejoice after the suffering, okay? It's hard to rejoice in the suffering. This is where there is a secret in the spirit for the sons of God. We rejoice in our sufferings. And then he talks about how to not waste, but invest suffering to get good return on investment. Knowing that number one, suffering produces endurance. How many of you guys are athletes? We could tell, <laughs> yeah, we could tell you guys that aren't too. So for those that are athletes, the key is to continue to increase your endurance. If you lift, you wanna lift more and more. If you run, you wanna run farther and faster. That ultimately your soul needs to have a workout. It needs to get stronger, just like your body needs exercise. So your soul needs exercise. And what soul becomes, what suffering becomes rather, it becomes resistance training for the soul. So what an athlete will tell you is, the more resistance, the more strength. For the believer in Jesus Christ, the more suffering leads to more enduring. It's strength training for the soul. It'll make you spiritually stronger. Just like many of you guys like to work out your body, you gotta work out your soul. And suffering becomes literally the weight on the bar. Suffering produces endurance. You'll be able to go further. You'll be able to endure more. You'll be able to endure to the degree that you can increase your pain threshold. And I said this uh, in the sermon this weekend, leadership is about lifting your pain threshold. The more pain you endure, the more leadership impact you can have. Okay? And some of you have learned this in business, the more pain you endure, the more impact you have. Some of you have learned this in various levels of leadership. The more pain you endure, the more leadership you have. And so as you endure more, as you suffer more, you increase your pain threshold, you increase your leadership impact. And that produces character. Character is incredible, but it is oftentimes forged through adversity, right? You can go to Costco and get a lot of things, but you can't get character, right? The only place you can get that is not at Costco, but in suffering. Suffering is the place that God has character for you. And that's the only place you can get it is through the suffering. Now, how many of us want character? Amen. Okay, both of you do, that's good. Okay, so how many of you want suffering? I mean, so this is the trick question. They go together, they're a package deal. They're two sides of the same coin. And so men who won't suffer don't have character, but men who want character are willing to endure suffering. 
Uh, and character produces hope. And what this is, this is a certainty that God's gonna be in it and he's gonna get us through it. And this is what everybody lacks right now. Now it is mental health, anxiety, stress, depression, self-medicating, self-destructing. People don't have any hope. Hope is the God who was there with me yesterday is here with me today. He'll be there with me tomorrow. I factor God into the equation. And that means I have hope, not in what I see, but in the one who sees all, not in the future, but in the one who rules the future. I trust that God is in it and for it and through it with me. I don't go alone. Right? I'm a son, he's a dad, and dad's gonna, he's gonna help me navigate what is before me. That's the hope. And hope does not put us to shame. If you will invest rather than waste your suffering in the struggle, you're not gonna be ashamed of doing so because it's a great return on investment because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. So he talks about uh, three benefits of suffering in the spirit. And what he's talking about is the more that you suffer, the more of the spirit you receive. How many of you guys have been through some real serious suffering in your life and the spirit of God was present and the supernatural strength of God was present in a way that was unprecedented for you, it was new. And you're like, I looked at what I was facing and then I looked at my natural resources and I realized I'm not going to make it. And then God supernaturally brought me through it. Um, I'll tell you one of the dumbest things I ever did. There's, there's a lot of options, I'll just pick one. Um, and I, I, most of the dumb things I've done, I've done to the, my wife, Grace. So my wife, Grace, when we first got married, she had a little Nissan, I think it was a Stanza uh, or some other, demonic name. And so, uh, and so she had a little Nissan stand. It was, it was cute. It was blue, four doors, really cute, four cylinder. We drive it to college, drive it back. I hated it because it was a four cylinder and it had no power. And we had to go over the mountains. We had to go through the snow. So one day I asked her, I said, honey, can I borrow your car? I'm going to just go look at trucks. She's like, okay. So I drove it and then I showed up and they had a 1976 Chevy Silverado, the, the square body. It was lifted. Yeah, one guy in the back, just <laughs> the, the Holy Spirit just descended on him. He's like, oh, glory. Okay, that guy. So and it, it had Rancho suspension. It had the big mud tires. It had, um, it had dual tanks, which tells you it got gallons to the mile. That's what it got. It didn't get miles to the gallon. So I test drove it. It had a tilt wheel. It was way up in the air. I thought, this is amazing. And they asked me, they said, would you like to trade for the Nissan? I should have prayed about it. I didn't. What I said was, well, of course, I will always, I'll trade the Nissan for the Chevy Silverado. That's like casting out the demon and receiving the Holy Spirit. I'll make that trade all day. So I traded, I signed off the paperwork and I'm driving home. And then it dawns on me, I got to explain this to my new wife. So I drive up and it's because it has dual exhaust on it. And I'm in my 20s, so I'm thinking, who could be against this decision? This is obviously the will of the Lord. So I pull up, my wife comes out. She's like, where's my, where's my Nissan? I was like, good news. I traded it for a Chevy Silverado. That's, she said, I can't even get in it. And it was true, because I didn't even think about it. Like the, 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 the cab of the truck was like here. She's like, I can't get in it. I was like, well, oh, I can, you know, I, I, I love it. So she starts crying. And here's what I told her. I said, uh, babe, it's fine. I said, uh, this has two tanks. That's what I literally told her. <laughs> she said, what are you talking about? I said, this is awesome. When we're driving, we don't have to stop for gas. It's got two tanks, okay? 
Here's what I'm telling you. The guy who suffers in the spirit, he gets two tanks. The whole reason I use that illustration is I just want to make you laugh. So let me just put it in the sermon. How many of you have been driving in your life and you don't have the energy and the fuel and then the Holy Spirit kicks in with a second tank? See, this is what I was trying to tell my wife. This is a spirit-filled truck. This is a Jesus truck. This is the natural plus the supernatural. We got a backup tank, baby. This is for the Lord. She didn't buy it. So the point is when you're suffering and when you're struggling and you're in it, God always gives you the second tank. And it's the tank that the spirit of God shows up, supernaturally empowers the guy for the life that he has. That's what he's talking about. I did not do a good job with the illustration, but I thought it was funny. So I shared it anyways. Okay. So let's talk about three things you get benefits in the spirit when you suffer in the spirit. And what I mean is this, uh, for you guys that are maybe non-Christians or new Christians, like, what does this mean? This means there's you and then there's God in you. You're in the struggle. And if you're in the struggle, it's gonna be overwhelming. If God is in you, then God is in you in the struggle. Okay, so you in the struggle, that's one tank. That's all the energy that you have. The spirit of God in you, now you have supernatural energy and power and the spirit of God is in you to help you get through what you're going through. And this is why he says, you can rejoice. You're like, you know what? We're gonna be okay. This is why you can endure. You know what? I'm gonna get supernatural power. This is why you can have hope. I'm gonna make it through because by the grace of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna get through. So let me talk about three things that he gives and then we'll have a little practical. First of all, he gives supernatural power. When he talks about endurance, he talks about endurance. What he's talking about is the ability to go through what you naturally cannot go through. How many of you right now, the world we're looking at, the life that you're facing, it is more than you can figure out and handle. Can we be honest? You're looking at it, you're saying, that is beyond my natural ability. Good. You're going to need supernatural ability. That's what you're going to need. Perseverance, endurance. Now, I want you to see that Jesus is not just an example for us. He gives us his same power source. The life of Jesus for a man is not just one to admire, but one to experience, okay? And a lot of guys can look at Jesus and say, I admire him, great, but do you experience him? Do you live by his same power? Jesus endured incredible hardship, tremendous suffering, constant struggle and overwhelming opposition. And he endured. He endured by supernatural power. One of the things that is missed in the life of Jesus is not just what he did, but as a man, how he did it. And for us as men, God becoming a man is a real bonus because we get to see what a natural man, a supernatural man looks like, looks like Jesus. Now, part of the problem when it comes to Jesus, and I wrote a whole book on this called Spirit-Filled Jesus, all of our early church creeds, they say he was born of the Virgin Mary, uh, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. What they miss is his life. The creeds tend to miss where you're at. Okay, before his, okay, he was born and he died. Okay, the question is, what did he do in the middle? How did he do it? And what the Bible does then, it tells us how Jesus endured by supernatural power. The same kind of things that you're facing. He had emotional adversity and betrayal. He had relational difficulty. He had demonic opposition. He had financial problems. He had problems at work with Judas Iscariot and Peter. He had conflict with his family. They thought he'd lost his mind. He had PR issues. He had legal issues. All the stuff that we're going through, God went through. And he got through it by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll just hit it briefly for you. Uh, his 
aunt and uncle, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. His cousin John was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. His mother Mary conceived of the Holy Spirit. His name, Jesus Christ, Christ means anointed with the Holy Spirit. His name tells us he's gonna live by the power of God. In the beginning of his ministry, he opens to Isaiah 61 in the Old Testament, and it reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he says, today I'm fulfilling this in your hearing. What he's saying is everything I'm gonna do, everything I'm gonna endure, all the suffering and struggle that I'm gonna fight through is by the person, the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit. Additionally, when he is uh, baptized, it says that the spirit of God rested upon him. And that is for the rest of his life. The Bible says that he was quote, full of the Holy Spirit, that he was led by the Holy Spirit, that he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says that he wouldn't leave us as orphans, that he would send the Holy Spirit so we could live by his power. So here's what I'm telling you. Jesus not only gives you an example, he gives you a supernatural power source by which to follow in his example. Hey, and I just need you men to know this because what I am seeing quite frankly is men who don't know the power of the spirit and trust the power of the spirit. Those men have lots of anxiety. They make foolish short-term decisions with their finances and emotions. Many of them self-medicate. Many of them are in the process of self-destructing. Okay? Many of them are. But for the men who have access to the power of God, we now have a supernatural power source to get us through the same kinds of things that Jesus went through. And he goes before us and he sends the spirit in us. So ultimately he sets our example. He gives us his power. Now his power is in us and his power is in us as we go through what is before us, supernatural power. And I will tell you guys, for me, this has been that year and you're part of it. Just need to see what is happening here. This is supernatural power. Everything else is dying. We're exploding. Everyone else is scared. We're filled with faith. Everywhere else you go, it's weird. It's weird, right? Like extra weird with a side of weird. Here it's pretty normal. Okay, depending upon who the guys at your table are. So, <laughs> but the point is, just because it's that way out here doesn't mean it needs to be in here. Just because it's the way things are doesn't mean that's the way we are. Not only are we in the circumstances, we're in the spirit, okay? Number two, there is supernatural character. And he uses this word character. And what that is, is that God will use adversity as a school to educate you in character. How many of you, the worst times have produced the best character. Sometimes the worst times produce the best people. Some of us, we were not the same men that we were until we went through struggle. I know many of you men personally. Some of you are like, I buried a kid. My wife divorced me. I lost my job. I'm battling cancer. You've been through it. And what we see is that your character grows and matures because God doesn't waste suffering and God doesn't waste struggle. God invests suffering and God invests struggle. So let me, let me say this, a couple of things on whatever season you may be in. Number one, if it happens, it's because you're now ready. Sometimes guys be like, I, I've never been here before. I've never done with this. I've never dealt with this. I, why would God bring this? He didn't bring it until this point because you weren't ready. How many of you have a son that you love and there are certain things that you're gonna teach him or he's going to need to experience and you're just waiting until he's mature enough to learn that lesson. Is that true? So that's what a good dad does. It's not like, uh, you're four, here's a gun. We're gonna teach you how to shoot, right? Yeah, five, you wait till five. Uh, so, yeah, okay. 
we're in Arizona. If you're new, you just learned something, okay? So, uh, so what God is, he's a father and he's looking at you and he's saying, okay, this, this son of mine needs to learn this lesson and grow in character, but he's not ready yet. Okay, now he's ready. Okay. And what that means is if the father's allowed it to come into your life, you're ready for it. And if you're not ready for it, he's gonna make you ready for it. So I don't want you to be fearful, I want you to be faith-filled. In addition, God does not cause all of your suffering, but he uses all of your suffering. Because sometimes it's just a fallen, broken, jacked up world. Sometimes someone else does evil or sin. Sometimes Satan just takes a shot from the weeds. He's got a scoped in and it's a sniper shot. You're like, I just got shot. Not everything that happens is something that God has caused to happen to you but everything that happens is something that God will use to grow you in character, okay? So when you're struggling, or you're suffering, don't be like, God, why did you do that? Satan might be over here laughing saying, you ignored me. Or the fallen cursed world, it's just cause and effect. It's not always that God is causing your suffering, but God is always using your suffering. How many of you, again, think like a father, think of God as a father, think of yourself as a son. How many of you, there are things in your son's life that are struggles or pains or troubles, battles for them? You didn't cause them, but because you love that son, you're gonna use those to grow your son. That's the father heart of God. In addition, when it comes to character, uh, suffering shifts our focus from what we have to who we become. Let me tell you this. People in this season, some people are gonna lose money. Some people are gonna lose jobs. Some people are gonna lose security. Some people are gonna lose all kinds of things. But ultimately, don't focus so much on what you have, though that is important. And as men, we need to be good stewards. Also focus on who you become. I will tell you this. I would, I would rather lose a few things to be a better Christian. I would rather lose a few things to be a better husband. My wife would agree with that. I would rather lose a few things to become a better father. You know, and this year for men has, for many of you, it's been a reset. Working from home, now you're homeschooling, life has changed, everything's upside down. And it feels like you've lost a lot of things. And some men have lost some things this year to be sure. But ultimately it's an opportunity to become someone greater, to become someone else, to become someone more like Jesus. And so ultimately suffering and the struggle, it can shift our focus from what do I have to who do I become? And I wanna encourage you, men. And if, if you're new, I'm not a natural encourager. I mean, so if I encourage you, it's for real, okay? But I'm encouraged. How many of you are encouraged by the character and the growth of the men in this room in this year? Amen? Yeah. Amen. Woo! That's encouraging. I have guys coming up to me. I got a Bible, I'm reading it. I bought my kids a Bible, they're reading it. I bought my wife a Bible, she's reading it. And underlining all the verses about love your wife, you know. And uh, I've got guys coming up saying, I'm praying with my wife. I got guys saying, I'm invested emotionally in my kids. I, I, guys that are sharing their faith, guys that are bringing their buddies, guys are growing in character. And what I would say to you is, man, who you become is at least as important as what you possess, right? And ultimately at the end of the day, character is gonna get you through this and the spirit of God is gonna give you supernatural character. In addition, suffering is a school that teaches us things about God that you can't learn anywhere else. Suffering is a school and many of us in varying ways were in it. Now it's not a school that anybody signs up for. 
I sure hope I get into the school of suffering. You know, I hope my GPA and my SAT are high enough that I can be persecuted. You know, so none of us signs up for the school, but once you get into the school, you realize it's a supernatural school to learn about God. Number one, God suffered for us. That's amazing to me. God, the Lord Jesus Christ was in heaven, looked down at all the suffering and he wasn't involved in it, right? He's in heaven. He sits on a throne. He's got gold streets. His staff is angels. I mean, it's a good day. And what he decides is I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna be poor, not rich. I'm gonna be out in the woods, not in the big city. I'm gonna spend the first 30 years swinging a hammer doing construction with my dad. And then uh, I'm gonna be poor and some dude's gonna rip me off and a couple of guys on my team are not gonna be defendable and my family's gonna think I lost my mind and I'll never get to be married and enjoy intimacy with a wife or have kids and I'm gonna let them kill me. I mean, if I was, if I was in heaven, I'd be like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm fine. To, be, to that would be like going from Paradise Valley to Detroit. You're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'll stay right here by the pool and pray for all those people in Detroit. So what God does is he comes down here. Why does he come down here? Because he loves us. And if we're in it, he's in it with us. He's in it with us. And the Bible says that he was made perfect through his suffering. It's this mysterious verse. And everybody's like, what the heck does that mean in Hebrews? Here's what it means. There's things that you know, but you don't really know them until you experience them. There's things that you know, but you don't really know them until you experience them. You can be like, I read a whole book on how to beat cancer. And then I had cancer. I read a whole book on marriage and then I got a girl. There's all kinds of things you don't learn until you're in it. And he knew, but then he learned through experience. You as a man may even know some things about God, but you're gonna learn about them at a deeper level through the experiences you have, particularly in seasons of suffering. And the first thing you learn is, my God suffered for me. That's amazing. Because we live in a world right now when everyone is trying to end suffering and God decided that he would start suffering out of love for us. The other thing that we learn in suffering is not only has God suffered for us, through suffering, we become like Jesus. How many of you, if you're really honest, some of the suffering in your past or even in the more recent present, you didn't want it. It was hard, but who you became was a better man. Okay, that's the supernatural character that God builds in a man through suffering. So what I'm telling you is hard seasons are the best opportunities to become the greatest men. And the world doesn't know this because what the world thinks is if I could get rid of the suffering and go on with normal, then my life would be good. Two things, I'm not sure we're gonna get rid of the suffering and I'm not sure if we're going back to normal, but we can become greater men. The third is supernatural love. And what he talks about is God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And what he's saying is that the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, he is the source of love and he pours out his love to the deepest level of our being. And sometimes you don't know how much God loves you until you're suffering. And then the love of God becomes more pronounced and more powerful and more present in your life. And then what happens in the life of a man as God, the Holy Spirit supernaturally pours out supernatural love in the man, 
then what does the man have for others? He's got love. And, and the, why does God pour the love of the Holy Spirit into a man? It, it pour, he pours rather the love of the Holy Spirit into the man so that that man could not contain all of that love. It's poured, it's too much. It's like the glass is full, please stop. And the guy's like, no, I'm gonna keep pouring because it needs to flow out to other people. And let me tell you what we don't have right now. We don't have enough love in this world. True? This is not a loving world right now. This is not a loving world. And what God wants to do is he wants to pour his love through the Holy Spirit in you. And he wants to pour it to a measure that you can't contain all of God's love. And it's just gonna come flooding out to your wife, to your kids, to your friends, to your enemies, to your extended family, to your coworkers. And let me tell you this, if God's love overflows your life and how we treat people, this becomes our greatest ministry opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Because nothing else is working and no one else is loving. And if Jesus is working and we are loving, then we have good news to tell a world that is getting nothing but bad news right now. How many of you this year, you have seen your love quotient increase? And now some of you guys are gonna struggle with this. When I say love, you immediately think, you immediately think um, feminine romance novel love. How many of you guys, you hear the word love, you're like, oh, Valentine's Day. That's where I pay too much for chocolate. You know, so you, that's not your thing. When you think of love as a man, I need you to think of love between a father and a son. This is the relationship between God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And part of the problem when it comes to speaking about love in the church, the metaphor that often gets used is that Jesus is a groom and that we're his bride and he loves us. And if you're a dude, you're like, I just feel weird about that. Number one, my whole goal is to not be the bride. That's been my goal since I was little. Like every day I got up, like I'm not being the bride. Like that was, first of all, that was on my to-do list since I was five and started shooting a gun. So that's, that's I've been there ever since. Now, when a little girl grows up, this thought of being a bride, how many of you got a daughter? Oh, they love this. They do, if, you're, if you got a little girl, I'll just tell you what's coming, it's prophecy. She's gonna get dresses and heels and necklaces and crowns and tiaras. And she's gonna start preparing her wedding at about three. You ever met, how many of you guys, you met a girl? Like second date. You're thinking, she's nice. She's thinking, we're gonna have four kids. The third one's gonna be named Tony. She's ahead of you. She's got a, she's ahead of you. She's had this sequence for a long time. She's already got her dress picked out. The, ugly dresses for the bridesmaids, so she radiates. They got the whole plan. And so for men, when we think about being the bride, you're like, that doesn't fit. There's another, there's another imagery of love in the Bible, that God is a father, that Jesus is a son, and that the father loves the son. How many of you have a son? You have a son? How do you feel about your son? You love him. You're a son, he's a father, when he pours out the love of the Holy Spirit in you, it literally is the love of the Father going into the Son, okay? I want you to think when you, when you first held your little boy, that's the kind of love God has for you. When you first, let's go next level. When you first held your grandson, how many of you, you loved him? God loves you as a son. 
God loves you with a father's love. And what a father's love does, especially in a son, it strengthens him and it puts courage in him. My sons are stronger if I love them. And if they know that I am with them and I am for them, they grow into stronger, better men. You are the sons of God and his love is a father's love for you. And what a father's love will do, a father's love will allow you to go through some hardship, but he'll walk with you to coach you through it, to build you into a man. Because the only way that a boy becomes a man is fighting through some adversity and struggle and overcoming some obstacles. The difference between a boy and a man is a boy needs people to care for him and a man is ready to care for others. The only way to make that transition from boy to man is to fight through some struggles and suffering. And God uses those to turn a boy into a man. And so what God does, even for us as sons, he's constantly allowing us to go through some struggles and suffering so that the father can build into his sons better men, better men. And that's the kind of love that God has for you. Now, the reason I tell you this is oftentimes people don't understand the love of God and especially men don't understand the love of God because we think of God more in terms of a business relationship or an employee employer or a working relationship. And it's like, all right, just uh, you be my boss, give me my job description and I'm going to do my job. It's like, no, 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 I'm your father, you're my son, I'm gonna walk with you to build character in you. I'm not using you to achieve results. I'm using circumstances to mature you. So you need to know, even when you're struggling and you're suffering, God isn't using you for performance. He's investing in you for character. And so what I'm telling you, some of the circumstances and seasons of struggles and sufferings that we are enduring can be for God's men, the greatest opportunity that many of us have had in our entire life to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to have a supernatural power, supernatural character and supernatural love. And the way that we know that these things are happening in our life is that the love of God that is poured into us starts to flow out of us. So I'll use a simple analogy. Um, this is suffering, this is hardship, this is adversity, this is a struggle, okay? What comes out is what's in. What comes out is what's in. This does not affect the contents, it reveals the contents. Suffering and struggle for a man, it's getting bumped, it's getting hit, it's getting dislodged. And what's in comes out. What's coming out right now of people, but especially men, is it very good? No. But if the spirit of God is in you and the love of God is in you, the more adversity that you experience, what comes out of you? More love, more of the Holy Spirit. And this is what we want for you. This is what we want for your wives. This is what we want for your kids. That even though there is more adversity, all that comes out is the Holy Spirit and the love of God. And if that is the case, it doesn't matter what the global environment is, the personal environment will be healthy, joyful, life-giving, hopeful. And what that means is that your life can feel like the presence of God and your home can feel like the presence of God and your marriage and your children and your friends can feel like the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is here, the love of God is here. And there is access to supernatural power, character and love. Let me just close with this. Um, 
receiving the power of the Holy Spirit doesn't make you weird, it makes you like Jesus. Jesus is what it looks like to be a spirit-filled, spirit-led, empowered man, okay? So if you've heard about the Holy Spirit, like, I don't wanna be weird. No, no, the Holy Spirit makes you like Jesus, okay? And ultimately, what Jesus says is that even a bad father gives good gifts. That's what he says. Even a bad dad does something nice for Christmas. But he says, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to who? Those who ask. How many of you, if your son came to you and said, dad, I need your help, would you help him? Absolutely. So as men, this is an opportunity for us to just constantly be asking, I need help. Holy Spirit, I need help. Father, I need help. Father, I'm not sure what to do now. Could you please send the Holy Spirit? Cause he's the helper and I need help. Uh, Father, this, this daughter of yours I married, we're trying to figure some stuff out. I'm sure it's her fault, but I forgive her. So nonetheless, you know, Father, could you send the Holy Spirit to help me to love her and to lead her? Cause I need help and the Holy Spirit's the helper. Father, I'm not sure what to do with my career or what the forward plan is. And I'm trying to figure out what to do with my business and my money. I need help. Could you please send the Holy Spirit to help? And what Jesus says is, you have a father who listens and he gives, this is a promise. He gives the Holy Spirit to who? Those who ask. So what we need to do, men, we need to just spend time in the presence of God, in the word of God, and the worship of God and prayer to God. But it's important for a man just to at certain points stop and just say, you know what? I'm gonna ask for help right now. I, I'm, at, I'm inviting... I'm inviting the Holy Spirit. I'm asking the Father to give me the Holy Spirit. Because let me say this, how many men don't like needing help? Do men like needing help? No. So let me ask you this, did Jesus, did Jesus need help? He was perfect, sinless, and he lived by the power of the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. And if he needed help, it's okay to need help. And if he needed to have the Holy Spirit give him supernatural power, character, and love, then it's perfectly acceptable for you and I to ask for the same thing that he had. And I promise you this, the Father wants to give you the Holy Spirit at the moment that you need for the need that you have so that you can grow in character with endurance, rejoicing through it all, experiencing the love of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'll give you a couple things to talk about around tables. What is your life struggle right now? What's your thing? You're like, that's the, that's the debris on my runway. I'm trying to get my life up. That's the debris on my runway. What is your life blessing right now? What's going on that you're thankful for when he says rejoice? Part of it is find something to rejoice in. Number three, how is God pouring out his love to you? How have you experienced God's love recently? And then lastly, how can we pray for you? And I know many of you guys are new and you've never prayed in a group and that's okay. You don't have to pray, but if you want to, we would sure welcome you to do so. And if you have a prayer request, we like to just pray for guys. We're like the guys who really like to pray for each other. And part of it is we believe through laying on of hands and praying that the Holy Spirit is present in our midst and we are inviting God's presence to touch and to bless and to transform that man's life, amen? All right, let me pray. Father God, thanks for an opportunity to get together with the guys. And God, we just say, you know what? We're in a world, there's suffering, there's struggle, there's strife. And God, for many of us, it's complicated, multi-layered. 
For some of us, it's totally overwhelming. And so God, we don't wanna waste it, we wanna invest it. We wanna get the maximum return on investment for the season that we're in, the suffering we might have, the struggles we might face. And Lord God, I pray against the enemy of servants, their works and effects. And I pray for the presence and the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. I pray that these men would be in the scriptures, that the scriptures would be in them, that these men would be in prayer and that Holy Spirit, you would be in them and for them and through them. And Father, I thank you that you're a loving father and that you don't cause all the things that happen in our life, but you use all the things in our life to make us like Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for giving us the perfect example of what it looks like to be a real man. And we thank you that you live by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that you give us the Holy Spirit so that we could live by your power and that we could grow in your character. And God, I wanna honor these men for joining us live and online. I wanna pray for the groups that are meeting all over the world. I wanna pray for the guys who came in from around the state and some of them around the country to be with us here tonight. And Lord God, I want this to be a place where men are encouraged, where they are built up in a world that just beats them up. And God, in a world that is filled with fear, may these men be filled with faith. And in a world where people feel isolated, may these men enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit and the Father's love, we pray in Jesus' good name. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you.